Well, Father Harmon. Father David. I think Jesus Christ has risen today. Nope, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, as we record this, it's not true. But the readings we're talking about, though. That's right. Are for Easter. Are for Easter, yeah. So I'm not going to say Happy Easter because I wouldn't really be telling the truth because we're still... That's right. We're still a week out, but hey, we're almost there. We're almost there. But you know what? So I did preach today, finally. Oh, tell me about that. it was very brief as (laughs) I was... um, it was on purpose. I meant to do make a brief homily because it's so mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. The the passion reading, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like we always talk about, how brief Mark is. Not there. It's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> not there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what we did. So okay, here's the thing. Um, we stream our mass as most people do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we only have two camera angles, one pointed at the altar and one pointed at the ambo. And we only had the opportunity for two microphones. Okay. So there could have been two, we could have broken it up into two parts, like Jesus and then et cetera. (laughs) But then I get there and start setting things up and our lectionary doesn't have it broken up into parts. What? I thought, I thought they all did. Whoa. Whoa. So... I just had my concelebrant read the whole, <laughs> read the whole thing. <laughs> wow, the whole thing. <laughs> the whole thing. That's so incredible. So we did. I had a couple of. Okay, so there's some there's some liturgical fiction going on. I'm not ashamed to say it. I modified some things. Oh, the no. entrance the entrance antiphon. I had a, a repeat. I repeated the. I basically turned Hosanna in the highest into the antiphon. Had them okay. repeat that and then read the the rest of the antiphon. And then said, Hosanna in the highest again. Yeah. And then okay. during the gospel, well, and for a reason. So during the gospel, I had my concelebrant, um, when they get to the crucify him part, I had him pause and, and offer a, um, the congregation to reply, almost like an antif- an antiphon. Ooh, I like that. So they still had, and this was kind of my point of my homily, like we, and this is what we talked about, like we are shouting both of these things uh, Hosanna the highest, Jesus has come into Jerusalem as king. And then moments later, we are shouting, crucify him with the Dang. same excitement. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. so there was this really fun, like happy coincidence. We are doing um, people, we were welcoming the new students that have been accepted to the school mm-hmm. today. And so, you know, classic thing of a high school of double booking. The chapel wasn't bothered, so that was good. But we could hear all these people clapping the entire time. <laughs> I was like, God, this is so weird. But then I was like, right before I got up to preach, I was like, you know what? This fits. And so I talked about how fitting it was. Like, we've got this clapping going on. We've got this cheering going on in the same way that we, we're shouting these with the same excitement. Mm, like, yeah. this is this is what we do. This yeah. is what we do. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and then kind of my, my, yeah. uh, my, my like, takeaway was this this week is a week of waiting. Like nice. we need to sit with that fact that we are shouting at both of these things, clapping at I, both. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. R- really quick question. Did you preach the first gospel, the one that was at the entrance? So I didn't really preach. I kind of preached the, the, I mean, I kind of both because I was talking about kind of comparing these two welcoming Jesus as King and welcoming to his cross. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But in the moment at the beginning, you didn't have a brief homily? No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I did. I um, 
because I was told to. I'm not sure what the rubrics say, but I was told to do that. And so I um I, I, I went a different route than you did, but I really like what you did combining those two screams because it's the same crowd, you know? Yeah. Um and that's really good. Like that's a really good spiritual lesson there of like how we give God a glory and then immediately tell him to like lay off, you know? Um I I I did read the first gospel and I read the, the gospel from John, which was uh, especially helpful because there was a line there that I didn't really come to appreciate until I read it this morning, which was the disciples did not understand any of this until <laughs> after he went into his glory. And so my quick brief homily at the beginning of Mass today was we're entering into Holy Week, which is the highest feast week of the year, and we will not understand anything that happens unless we see it through the lens of the resurrection. Boom. And... Amen. Yeah, is. yeah. And and that, that carried me into my homily for the passion because I did what we were kind of talking about a little bit last week, which was focusing in on the centurion's phrase. Um, and I took it as an opportunity to kind of summarize all of Lent because we started Lent right after the baptism, which was behold the son of God, behold my son. And then we yeah. went straight to the transfiguration, which was behold my son. And now we get Mark repeating that for the third time at the cross. Just to kind of say <clears throat> that the whole point of this is to see Jesus's divinity and you cannot appreciate what's going to happen on the Triduum unless you start from the point of view of Jesus' divinity being manifest in the resurrection. So, mm. like, yeah, and it was it was great. I felt really good about it. It was about two minutes of a homily, frankly. Like, it was so brief, so brief, and I was grateful to do that, kind of like you, just because the, the gospel should kind of speak for itself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was a little bit struck. I was reading some commentaries uh, to prepare, including some homilies from some from from some popes, and uh, they were not brief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that, I think, other than mm. just being long-winded. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I felt this was my first uh, Palm Sunday as a priest, obviously, and so I felt really good the way I began uh, Holy Week. And I'm not sure what I would do, um, what I'm going to do for Holy Thursday or Good Friday, but these readings for Easter Sunday... Yeah, even those like my like the ones that we have for this upcoming Sunday, I'm I'm leaning. I don't know where you are, but I'm leaning in a similar way to just kind of not really focus on the details, but just like yell from the rooftops that Christ is written from the dead. Like I, I'm I'm looking at this first reading from Acts, and I hear Peter say, "You know what happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know this? <laughs> yeah, like you know what happened all over Judea." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a, like, that's a really strong phrase. Like, you know what's happened. Believe it, you know? Like, that's... Yeah. Ooh, I like that a lot. Because I think we, we, especially as... This is one of the, the traps of the evil spirit, I think, for preachers. That we get it in our heads that we need to somehow... Um, if we're not preaching well enough or with enough truth or whatever, like with enough explaining, then people won't get it. Right, like it's right. it's up to me for mm. you to know Jesus, oh, and that's yeah. just so not true. Right, and this is a great example of it. Like these readings, just like you said earlier, they kind of speak for themselves. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people, and these are the stories that people know. Um, since I mean, these are the ones that we tell all of our children. Right, right, like, right. You know this. Yep, yep. Now live it. Now believe yeah. it. Yeah, dude. I mean, like the first two lines of the first reading, Peter proceeded to speak and said. You know what's happened. And it's like, and if you know what's happened, then why aren't you falling in line and like converting to the gospel? Yeah. Like, that's a really good yeah. question. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that a lot. Like, TBH, that's my whole homily, I think, for next Sunday. And <laughs> like, just sit down. <laughs> Drop yeah, the mic. And then, yeah, and then just sit down. Sit down. Um, sit down. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more with uh, the sequence and with Mary Magdalene. But, like, I think there's a good, like, framing what we're doing. Kind of like you and I were talking about having a gut punch with yeah. the passion reading today. With, like, you know, behold, this is the real, truly the son of God. Like, yeah. gut punch, sit down. Like, similarly, I... I kind of feel a little bit inclined to gut punch again and say like, look, we've had, we've had the last supper. We've had the passion. We've had the vigil. What more do you need me to say? Like, I'm not going to preach a fourth time to tell you that Jesus Christ is risen today. Like, (laughs) you know, come to believe in the gospel, you know? Yeah, this is it. You know, and I wonder if, if we could, um, use our gospel reading. So one of my favorite images that I use all the time, um, just in <laughs> in, uh, in polite conversation with people. I'll bring it. I'll bring this up, and that is looking at the way that our that the two disciples ran towards the tomb in in our gospel reading, uh-huh. and then contrast that with um, the two disciples on the way to Emmaus in Ooh. the Gospel of Luke. Well, how they're like doing that. the exact opposite. They're running away. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, okay, I don't necessarily want to preach on a gospel that we haven't read, but I think this 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 um, image of movement is is helpful that we yeah. can say, okay, are you like Peter, like John, and they run at different speeds? Okay, like you don't have to all do the same thing, but are you running towards the tomb? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. you're not, well, don't lose hope there either, because that's exactly where Jesus met those other two disciples. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Um, in a similar vein, and maybe you wouldn't need Emmaus for this, maybe you could just also bring up that Mary Magdalene came to the tomb while it was still dark. Like, mm. y- you, you can imagine her being like the two disciples from Emmaus that are kind of unsure about what's going on, you know, hinted at here with it still being dark, but she's at least going to the tomb, you know? Yeah. She's not, w- like, fleeing Jerusalem. She's She's not sure what happened, you know? And she... She would be one of those with St. Peter saying, like, you know what's happened, but she might say, like, you know, but I really don't. Like, she's <laughs> kind of still in the dark, but unlike the, the the Emmaus disciples, she still goes to the tomb, you know? Yeah. I mean, talk about faith with that, though, right? Like, I can just imagine all of the conversations that I've had with people where they'll say something like, oh, well, I just, you know, I just can't make myself, like, I can't reason it out in my mind, so I can't, I can't make myself believe and so I can't, you know, I don't feel worthy to to do this, that, or the other thing, or I don't, I'm not worthy of God's forgiveness because I'm just not, I don't have it all figured out yet. And this is telling us the exact opposite. Like, you know what? Mary Magdalene was still in the dark. She yep. didn't know everything. Yep. And yet, where was she? At the tomb. Yep. Even yep. if you don't know, even if you can't, even if you have a hard, having a hard time believe, believing, go to the tomb. Yeah. Like that's faith. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, man, maybe this is a good sign, but like, I, I feel like Easter is the easiest day to preach. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's just like, this is it. This is the pinnacle of everything that we believe, yeah. you know, yeah. like, why would it be hard to preach today? You know? Yeah. Um, I, well, I think we, I th- we can complicate it by trying to get into the weeds, but like. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, we can overcomplicate things by trying to preach on everything because yeah. all of these things are so exciting and we love talking about this stuff. Yeah, Um, but how do you? But how do you pull it? And I think we do it in the way that you were talking about. (laughs) Here it is. You've heard it. You know it. Do it. 
Yeah, I could see myself very easily standing up in front of my congregation on Sunday, and maybe it, maybe it'll be different because I'll be with some closer uh, nuns on Sunday. But um, I could see myself just standing up and saying, "Like you know what's happened. Like what more? What more do you need? Like you've seen the Lord wash your feet. You've heard Him institute His body and blood in the Eucharist. You've seen Him rise from the dead. What more mm-hmm. do you need? What else? Yeah, exactly. What more do you need? And I think one of the ways that we can be really good preachers, though, is not just leaving it there, but saying, like, bringing it home for people and saying, like, you've been touched by the Lord too. Like, yeah. God called you from darkness. God has called you into His great light. You were a sinner. You've been converted. You're on the path. What more do you need? Like, the the good news has been preached to you. You know, like, change your life. Change. Well, your life. yeah, but the the amazing thing though is, like, what is the answer to that question? What more do you need? Jesus. Yeah. And when do we have Jesus? Every single day in the Eucharist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. And that's mm-hmm. beautiful. And I think it's something that one of the, I heard this on a, on a video that I watched uh, the other day, uh, and I kind of opened up with, in my homily today, about the, on the Passion, like assuring people that if they zoned out, it was okay, because <laughs> even I do, even I do that. <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, and the church knows that, which is why we have a reading from the Passion twice. Like we, we revisit this. Hmm. It's so important that we come back to it on Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather, I guess it's so important that we begin with it on, on Palm Sunday. Right. Um, and, oh man, where was I going to go with this? Uh, <laughs> He's zoning out. You're talking about zoning, zoning out. out. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, well, it's gone. Um, yeah. What were you talking about before that? Yeah, I think I was just saying that it's a simple, it's a simple message. We don't need to overcomplicate it, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I'm very happy to just preach that message this Sunday. I mean, like, we'll have Mary Magdalene. I can get into the nuances of, like, her being the apostle to the apostles. And, yeah. But that's, that's just not what this is about. Like, this is, yeah. this, is, this is about Jesus is risen from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Boom. And if that's not touching your heart, then, you know, frankly, maybe you're not as good of a Christian as you think you are. Ooh. Like, Ooh. Like, like, I'm sorry. A little bite. I'm sorry. But, like... And, and I'm preaching first to you and to me. Like, we're, you and I are both oh, priests, yeah. and we've been Jesuits for a long time. But, like, you and I, I know you better than most, and, like, we both struggle with faith. Like, we both struggle with our belief. But, like, this is a good wake-up call for both of us. It's like, would you, you know, Father Jonathan, be with Mary Magdalene at the tomb the day after tragedy struck? Probably um, not. Probably not. Me neither, you know? Or, like, would, listening to Peter, would we hear him say, like, you know what's happened, believe? I could imagine myself like pushing back and being like, but you don't know what I've been through. That's right. You know, you don't know, you don't know me. Yeah. And Peter is saying like, I literally like just denied him three times. Like I, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, there's this, I think this, this Sunday, maybe it's cause I feel a little bit more emotionally connected to these readings, but I feel like it's a good Sunday for like an emotional appeal of like, mm. like Jesus literally died for you. Believe yeah. and repent, like, repent and believe in the gospel. Mm, yeah. You know, there's this song that I used to listen to, and I, I can't for the life of me remember who sang it, and it's one of these kind of Christian pop kind of things. Yeah. And I don't really don't even like that, but for some reason, this one really struck struck home with me, and and I can't remember exactly the lyrics, but it was something like, even if your sins are the ones that drove the nails, they were, um, even if it were just for you, Jesus would still have risen yeah. and saved you. Hmm. Uh, like that's, that's an emotional appeal. I think like we need to realize that 
my sins, me, Father Jonathan Harmon, mm-hmm. my sins drove those nails. Yeah. So yeah. did yours. So did everybody else's. Right, right. Uh, and yet, and yet, <laughs> he still rose to save me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a good... Um, I think one of the ways to keep it grounded in the readings for this Sunday is, um, for one, you know, that appeal from Peter. Um, but I think you can you can actually, like, connect what Peter says in the first reading with Peter's experience in the gospel. Like, there's a really good, like, connection there, is that Peter, the Peter that we have in the gospel is a Peter that's younger than the Peter that's preaching in Acts. And the Peter that's in the gospels is probably running, like we like to spiritualize it. It's like, oh, well, Peter stands for the authority of the church. And it's like, dude, Peter is Jesus's disciple. And he was just told that Jesus is alive. He's running because his heart is beating super fast right now, you know? And the reason he can say what he says at, at Pentecost is because he ran to see the one he loves, mm-hmm. you know? And like, he felt drawn. Like, I think we can put ourselves in his place of like, do you love Jesus enough to run back to where people are being killed to see him? You know? Mm. Um, and the answer is probably no, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a lot there of like my emotional connection to these disciples. Like, I don't want to just overly allegoricalize these readings mm-hmm. and just let it be what it is. It's like, Easter Sunday, good morning. Jesus died two days ago, and I got to tell you, good news, the tomb is empty. Mm. Mm. You know? And is that going to make any difference in my life? Does that make any difference in your life? And if the answer is no, then welcome to the human race, but you need to ask yourself why. Yeah, re-examine. Yeah. Anyway, I could could eulogize on this for a while, but I feel (laughs) like these readings don't really require a lot of, like, dissection there's a really good just like general theme here yeah well so kind of on that on that on those lines what do you what do you take of our options here for the second reading we've got either colossians or first corinthians Hmm. like that's that's kind of a rare thing i think when when we've got usually it's like a uh, a shorter version but these are from two different letters yeah yeah so the colossians reading is you know think of what is above um, is what I got there. And the, go- uh-huh. the Corinthians, what? Um, that's different. It's about the yeah, least. Yeah, it's very different. Yeast leavening the dough. Um, Christ has been sacrificed. Yeah, the Paschal lamb. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. What do you, did anything stand out to you? Not, I mean, I'm still kind of pondering them. Like, I do like this image of, okay, here we are. Celebrate the feast. Not with the old, the wicked, the malice but with this new lamb that has been slain. Yeah, yeah. I think that tends to be more in line with how I preach. But Mm. then again, on this Colossians reading, like I love this image of uh, seek what is above. Yeah. If you were raised with Christ, and here's a funny story, you were, you have been, you are, or you will be, (laughs) uh, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think about what is above, not about what is on earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I, I'm I'm inclined to the Corinthians reading more so because it's more earthy. Like it's more yeah. down, like like the Colossians reading is more like l- think of what is above ra- yeah. rather than the Corinthians one is like take think dough in your now. hands, like like the dough in your hand. Yeah, and I am a sucker for the yeast and the dough analogy. Like <laughs> like I I could see Peter's experience at the empty tomb being yeast in the dough that leads him to preach at Pentecost. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm inclined to that. I'm inclined to that for sure, for sure. Now, one final thing. Hot take. Mm-hmm. 
Should the sequence ever be said? Oh man, I I think I think the sequence should always be present, even if it's said. Really? I, yeah. I I mean I it's so beautiful. it's so it is so beautiful. <laughs> and frankly, especially in the time of COVID, I don't really see a lot of people singing. You know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I I would say it regardless, but I I would want this is kind of a, a soapbox of mine is like people need to know how to read poetry out loud. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Don't just go in there and say Christians to the Paschal victim, offer your thankful praises. Like no, re- read it as poetry and yeah, proclaim it'll, it. It'll be beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Cool, buddy. All right. Well, happy Easter very soon. All right. Soon we will be saying Christ is risen. Indeed he has. All right, buddy. Till next time. See you, pal. Peace.